When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. After a serious car accident, people have two questions. Why me and what now? Well, no one knows why you, but I'm Terry Crouppen, and my law firm Brown & Crouppen sure can help with the what now. Car repairs, medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. We're Brown & Crouppen, and we've got all those answers. All you have to do is call. 222-2222. The Ryan Kelly Morning After. KPN-TFM. HD2. Collinsville, St. Louis. Oh, we're back, Doug. Oh, I can't hear anything. What's going on? First of the month. I couldn't hear a darn thing. Well, I didn't know. It said, wake up, wake up, it said wake up. clean, but I didn't know if it was going to be clean or not. You thought they were going to start it, dropping it, some F-bombs? Yeah, well, it, it sounded now. that way, so I wanted to make sure. I dumped it just in case. Okay, yeah, you should have. I didn't hear a darn thing. It's Mark, a great Mark tune. I might have heard it. He's on the line, Doug. He oh, is he? Yeah. It's the first of the month. Well, there he is. Hello, Hansy. Hello, Hansy. Yes, dog. No, okay, there he is. All right, he's here now. We were just trying to hit the right buttons, that's all. Well, I got the right buttons. Okay. So, how, yeah, how, how are you doing? Good. It, it is officially, it's not officially the, the season's dictate, but it's officially summertime in my world. Nice. Yes, there it is. Doug says it's summertime, therefore it's summertime, Mark. Right. Sweet summertime. Start of meteorological summer today, June 1st. Mm-hmm. What sure is... Okay. And it's summertime for all of your clients because they just uh, they just can't help but to make make bundles of cash. Nice. Live in the sunshine, enjoy the fruits of your labor, have a good financial plan. I like this, mm-hmm. and then become evergreen. That's that's the way this works. Right. That ties in because that's the name of the company, Evergreen. Uh, evergreen Wealth Strategy. Yes, that's it. I work with them. Jackson works with them. Palsy, are you there too? Proud Joe. Prod oh, Joe. Joe. Old money. Yeah. Prod Joe's old money? Oh, yeah. All of that. us are old money. Yeah, you I guess you're me? right. I guess you're right about that. Do you that. deal only with old money customers? <laughs> everyday people, Doug. Everyday oh. people every day. That's yes. also part of what we've workshopped to put together as part of these reads. Everyday people every day. Yeah. I like that. Name of the game. Uh, 314-889-0503 is Mark's number, or you can go online at evergreen S T. L.com. That's Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies. You have people uh, asking you about fears of recession. Do you get those questions, Mark? I was actually reflecting, seriously, reflecting on this earlier today. How about, about that? About how there are always fears 
that people are, are talking about. Um, I read it once, and I like to describe it as the apocalypse du jour. It could be fear of a recession, fear of currency changes, the dollar losing its reserve status. It could be fear of uh, the U.S. default. And I've been doing this a long time. I've heard fears time and again, and fear is the one thing that never changes. It's always going to be something new because that's what we read. That's what the financial journalists put forth. Fear is always going to be out there, and recession is yet another. Uh, What I focus on is trying to tie together each individual client's position about where they are, what they're trying to achieve, and making sure that the short-term fears that are going to come and go don't derail the plan that we put together and sticking to that plan and knowing that the plan, when it comes to dealing with cash flow and liquidity and investments and taxes and legal issues and insurance, that all of those elements of that plan are put together in a way to be able to weather that short-term storm because there will inevitably be another one and another one and another one. So, yeah, there are fears. There are fears of recession. There always will be. This too shall pass. It's going to come and go. And a big part of it is focused on how can we get through those fears. That's smart play. Long term, mm-hmm. that's what you got to be thinking. Uh, 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. Thank you, Mark. All right, thank you, Hansie. I See don't you, know Hansen. what that sound was there. <laughs> like he kind of, did we get a Gary Pinkle, he pinkled us, yeah. slam down the phone? Mark can't evergreen wealth strategies. The worst part about a cell phone, you can't slam it down anymore. It used to be if you were really angry, you could slam yeah. that. Yeah, but down. that click... Yeah. Off a cell phone Click. when you hang up? Uh, boy, I wasn't able to ask Mark this one from Scissor Me Timbers. To stay ahead of the game, should I take a loan out of my 401k to put a nice taste on VGK in the heat in a parlay? Huh. I wouldn't suggest it, no. That's actually a really good idea. I agree with you, Plowhawk. A lot of financial advisors are probably steering in that direction. To gut your 401k and bet on hockey? Well, we were. I, I, I was told way back that, you know... Somebody I knew had 50K in their 401K and was about to retire. So. Yeah, that's about, all you that's about all you need, especially when you see every house on the market is now $800,000. Dude, it's insane. We were yeah. looking, actually, just we peruse a lot, um, and there's one in our area that's decrepit, but you could t- tell it's still owned, but nobody got in the mail, the yard, and it's a yeah. beautiful house. We're waiting for that one to go up. But it will be, you know, like you said, it'll, ridiculous. It'll, yeah, it'll be about twice what you think it should be. And it needs twice as much work as uh-huh. what You just got to get in, I guess. You just got to get in the game at some point and then let your own house appreciate like all the others. Hey, we uh, deep teased uh, all kinds of audio clips here. Jackson, what do we have? You got the, the Stephen A. Smith, Jake Paul eating ass? Mm-hmm. Oh, we got that. Gosh. We got Francesa. So much. Yeah, we're really working on that. All right, Plowhawk, you call the shots. All right, we're going to do a horny Stephen A. Again. I remember playing that. We didn't no. play this one, correct? Uh, we we shouldn't have. Ooh, I see a bleep in there then. No. Be good. Uh-uh. Do you, okay. Stephen A, eat ass? Oh. oh <laughs> no. You don't eat ass. That's an honest answer. I don't no? have. No. That's, a, that's a God's eaten? honest answer. Never. I don't never. have to. Have you gotten your ass eaten? Never. That's private. Oh, yeah. That's yes. a yes! It's a yes! That's private! Hey, 
That's private. I have nothing else to say. I have nothing else to say. Let's go. Who was the interview? Was that Barbara Walters? <laughs> I know. What, what was that? It sounded more like Christiane Amanpour to me, didn't it? <laughs> the CNN veteran reporter, <laughs> foreign correspondent. I'm, I'm leaving Iraq now. Style. I'm leaving Iraq now to go interview Stephen A. Smith about ass eating. Katie Couric. Oh. Jackson, who was conducting the interview? Who was that? Would ask such a horrific <laughs> question. I'm trying to find out who is. Was it Taylor? Who's Taylor? Taylor's Smith? last name. Taylor. <laughs> Did you see somewhere they're selling now empty bags, sandwich bags of air that were taken at Taylor Swift concerts? Oh, Taylor dude. was actually here, and here's some of the air that was. It's actually a her. cult. Have you seen Twitter yeah. and everything? That it, it's an absolute cult. It's it's really bizarre. It's isn't bizarre. It? There are fans that wait outside her apartment to see what guy walks in there to see who she's dating. What is it's she doing psychotic. that's so much different than some of the other pop stars? What, what makes hits. her so great? She, Jackson says she's got hits. She's got hits. Yeah, she became popular to 12 and 13-year-olds, like when she first, and those still carry. So those adults That's, a, that's actually, like I think, a nice observation, yeah, Plow. Well, she wrong. caught it perfectly. Yeah. My has, little sister, who's uh, younger than me, yet much younger than me, uh, otherwise it would be odd if I said my little sister, but uh, she's much younger than me, and I recall her going probably, God, I don't even know, 10, 12, maybe even longer. What is Taylor Swift Jackson? She's 30? I'll take the over on that, but not by much. Because, I mean, Kanye took the award from her like 10 Yeah, that or was 2009. Yeah. God, you're right. Taylor Swift is, I'm going to guess, 32. I'd say 34. She's 33. Okay. Nobody right wins. It's a shame. Yeah. I guess Jackson does because you overbid, though. I was going to say 33. Couldn't be sorry. He was going to say 33. Should we give sure. it to her? Yeah. I was going to go in between you two guys. But uh, I recall her going to a concert a long time ago, and she had this little thing in the back called Taylor's Tea Party. And, you know, for girls in their, you know, 12, 13 years old, to be able to meet her at that point, huge deal. And as the plowhawk makes the observation, they, they grow up with her. Now, I don't think that was the strategy, but that's what's wound up happening. And also, she's, you know, she's not going to be in a spot where she's going to rehab or something like that because she's messing around with take your pick of whatever. So she's going to, uh, and she's just obsessed, career-driven, and going to keep... You know. She'll be like Rihanna. She'll be a billionaire. I, oh, I don't know what she is. Yeah, she's she's got to be already. Well, I would she imagine could... she's live for that. She had to, what, do her whole library over again, right? That, that, I think, also endeared herself big time to fans because there was controversy with her discography and her library, and then she released all the Taylor's versions of it. And that really got her fans on. Yeah. I'm sure she's getting like almost a million a show. These are Probably. This is a stadium tour. Well, you see the price of tickets. She's got that dynamic pricing that... Robert Smith opted out of, so people don't get gouged for prices. But I just don't see how she's that much different than what's come before. You know, when you when you talk about Elvis or Michael Jackson, someone else who was that big, they were very unique. They they, they were doing things that no one had seen before. I hear. I'll, I'll throw another theory out because I think the Plowhawk already hit one. I think, and I could be wrong, is a, a father, but not of daughters. That I would think for people who want to be able to take their kids to music or introduce them to music, they don't necessarily feel like they have to, quote, worry about Taylor Swift stuff. Now, that wouldn't be where I'm coming from, but I think that... And there and, and she was country, so she had that appeal. Mm -hmm. Then crossed over to pop, so she's got that mass appeal. 
and, and it's she's safe. She's certainly the biggest thing going now. She knows exactly how to tug the heartstrings of females who are going through relationship issues, family drama, like life. Like, she hits all the category that everybody seemed to be going through. She speaks so, to the people. That's yeah. what Michael Jackson did. That's what Elvis did. They speak to the people. and that's good. But they were different. They were completely unique from what we had seen before. I would say she's kind of She's super influential. Unique. I mean, yeah, she's been, I mean, she's been doing this for almost 20 oh, yeah. years. I don't doubt she's the, probably the biggest musical star out there. She's right supposed now. to be a billionaire in eight years. Her and Drake, I would say, are probably the two biggest. Really? Yeah, only these two could do like. Yeah, there's probably more artists who could do something like this, but sell out stadium tours is pretty rare. I feel like nowadays. Gaga could, but she doesn't really sing anymore. She just acts. Yeah, what so was the last somebody, Gaga uh, song that not for a movie? Somebody needs to get paid off. Mm. They called the shot. Uh, let's see. <laughs> oh, why would not you're talking about popular singers? I mentioned one that I love. Uh, let's see. I feel like I gotta give the person uh, their credit. How long will it take before Ken weaves in <laughs> Lady Gaga? <laughs> it did fly. Why wouldn't it? I, I think she used to be at the top of the heap, but probably it's Taylor Swift now. Yeah, because she doesn't. She hasn't come out with an album since Chromatica. What was that 2016 or something? And now she's uh, just acting. Yeah. She just got done with the new Joker movie. Here it is, 314. Talking about Taylor Swift, how long will it take Boots to bring up something about Lady Gaga and derail the conversation? There it is, 314. Derail anything. Paid. We're talking about popular singers. You <laughs> can sell out stadiums, and I said Gaga. It's $5. See, I'm, I'm anti-Taylor Swift, but I understand the popularity, and I Why respect... Why would you be anti? I think at one point you said she had no talent. Oh. Uh-oh. I maybe think he that, said maybe. she's ruining the music business. I think the first take Jackson said, maybe I was wrong on that. The second one I think I'm correct on because nobody can touch that genre. So she's basically running a monopoly. What I don't like is using her past relationships basically as a new album. And you can say what you want. She does do that. She has about four or five albums that are strictly dedicated to breakups. And to me, after a while... You know, she goes through the dating cycle of dating almost every celebrity you can name. Um, it, it just seems like that's a ploy for more album well, sales. Instead of finding be... true love, she's looking for another, you know, sold-out concert with a 30-40 stadium tour. That's right, that from the outside looking in. Isn't it possible that be... some of the songs are just that? They're just songs that were written and it's not necessarily no, autobiographical? Because, she, because I think she dedicates a lot of them to past relationships. Not all, Doug. I, I assure you, not all of her albums, but... I'd like somebody to come out and who has broken up with her. She's on her fourth boyfriend of the year, I do believe. I'm yeah. just saying, like, it, it, if you want to make albums, that's how you do it. That's the, way, the easiest <laughs> I think there's to more it. to it than that. I don't think so. Like why she can't keep a man? I mean, she's bad in bed. Is she boring? <laughs> Is it possible she's got a, a fantastic crew around her of songwriters and musicians, and they come up with catchy tunes, and they put words to it, and... They sell a jillion songs, and it's not necessarily always about her life. Well, she does surround she, herself with good she, people. She writes a lot of her songs, too. Yeah. She, I mean, she has a, a thorough dating history, but so do a lot of celebrities. No, I know. Yeah, female. That's usually what well, separates the people that make that. it big and the people that are singing at a local hotel is you've got to come up with the original songs. You just can't sing somebody else's songs all the time. That's what I respect, though. She doesn't have a ghostwriter. She does all that the work herself. Well, so. that's where you make the money is... Being a songwriter. Yeah, if you can own your own masters, it's... Yeah, yeah, but you got to come up with the original songs. There's a million people out there that can sing. You just watch The Voice or American Idol. You can see there's all kinds of people that can sing every bit as good as the people that are major stars, but you got to come up with the song. 
God, they're on like the 18th season of X Factor. There are so many singers out there. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. people that can do it. But coming up with that catchy tune, that's what separates them. Uh, Doug Mike Francesa has also separated himself from the pack. Uh, here he is talking about the conclusion of Succession with it? James Gandolfini. Oh, okay, love to hear it. Hit the uh, leader, I watched The Sopranos from the beginning. Oh, who has? I it, got right? into it right away. I don't know. I just read the. I got into it before a lot of other people did. God. Before the bandwagon really grew. Um, yeah, when this you started watching uh, it, this is unreal. I just, I loved it from the day it was on. I loved Gandolfini. Um, got to meet him a bunch of times. <laughs> Doug and I went over and watched them do the show a couple of times. I mean, that's. Uh, Gandolfini was—he's not a sports guy. You know, we used to always ask him to come on the show, and he'd go, "I'm not going on the show. I, I can't talk sports. I'm not a sports fan." I root for Rutgers because he went there. Uh, but he says, I, I, I'm not a sports guy in any way. The only reason I know you guys is, he says, because I listen to you all the time because my driver has you on in the car when I'm driving back and forth. And I, I got to listen to you guys a lot. And I, I, I liked it, so I listened. He said, I get a kick out of it. He said, but uh, that's the only reason. I'm not a sports guy. Uh, and he wasn't. But I'd see him at a bunch of different things and everything through the years. And he's a great loss because he was a great, great actor. He really was. But his role of, uh, of uh, Tony Soprano is one of the iconic roles of all time. Um, I have not watched Succession. I know I'm in the... I can't believe how many people have said to me, you, you know, I have some friends who are in the business. You know Brian like, Cox. You sure. haven't watched Succession? I'm like, no. And they want to talk about it. I say, don't tell me because I, I want to start it from the beginning. And I haven't watched one episode. Now, it's hard to stay away from because everybody's always analyzing it and everybody's always talking about it. And now I know it's ended. Uh, uh, so it's gotten a lot of attention. I've tried to stay away from all of that. I really have. Uh, but I have not watched it. But everyone says it's that good. Now, if it's Sopranos good, that is saying, saying a lot. See, some of the other series... I don't like, like Game of Thrones, not a chance. I can't watch stuff like that. Yeah. I don't like scientific stuff. I don't like space <laughs> stuff. I don't like uh, gory stuff. I don't like, uh, uh, there's no way I'm ever watching Game of Thrones. And in a thousand years, not a chance. Okay, I don't like those kind of shows. Yeah. Scientific I stuff, I don't like space <laughs> stuff. I don't Thank like God. scientific stuff. <laughs> scientific or fake, he doesn't like either. Science fiction, I think is what he was trying to say, right? Now, couldn't yeah. you just tell Gandalf? Like scientific stuff. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't you just tell Gandalfini, we don't want to bring you on and not talk sports. We're not going to talk sports, talk about acting and Sopranos and other stuff you're doing. We don't need to talk sports. That's probably the excuse he used to not want to go on the show. And he's probably met him once at a charity event. Or and when he was at his height of his fame, he probably had an offer to go on a show every single day. And so he just started telling everybody, no, I can't, I can't, well, I can't, I can't, I can't. Give Francesca credit. He's one of the few guys that started watching it from the beginning. Yeah, he discovered it. Apparently. So, yeah, yeah the that's Funhouse, why... the, the account that tweets it out, uh, tweets out those videos, uh, posted a thread of James Gandolfini at sporting events. <laughs> <laughs> he's like at three different Jets games <laughs> and, then, and like a Nets game. <laughs> Not a sports fan. He was outstanding in that role. I, oh, I don't know of anyone who was any better than a role than, than he was. And that went for, what, four or five years they were doing that. And then if you watch the movie, um, I think it was called The Last Castle with Robert Redford. The Last Castle. Uh, it's about a prison. Robert Redford is a uh, an army veteran. I think it was like a two-star general. And he gets thrown in prison. 
And Gandolfini, it seems to me that he went out of his way to not be Tony Soprano. He was so timid. Yeah, welcome to our prison. We'll try to do it the best we can. Wow, what a, what yeah, a voice. He went, he went from, you know, Tony Soprano to just the opposite, just kind of like Miley Cyrus when she got done with Hannah Montana. She started getting naked. Doug, did you notice that with Miley Cyrus? Yes, I did. That she, she went and got naked all the time. Mm -hmm. Wrecking Ball, was that where she was naked on a ball? I believe so. Uh, she got naked when uh, Terry Richardson photographed her. Um, Who the hell's Terry Richardson? Wrecking Ball is a banger. He's, he's a well-known photographer. He did it. Lady Gaga's uh, Born This Way okay. tour book. Uh, but everybody wanted to be photographed by him. Have you he, been photographed by him? it came out that he's kind of like in the Me Too thing where he was kind of abusing all these girls. Oh, great. Um, allegedly. Nice weave. Very but nice weave. It just, if you watch Last Castle, it's a pretty good movie, actually. Um, but Tony Soprano, just uh, James Gandolfini, went the opposite of Tony Soprano. It was like he was a simp. Well, he was I acting. I don't like scientific stuff. Yeah, Game of Thrones is really scientific. Pretty damn good. This might be one of his. Well, it took best. me a while to watch it because I said I really don't. I don't watch movies with dragons and demons, and I don't like that kind of science fiction stuff. Jackson has officially updated his Mount Rushmore, Doug. Mm -hmm. And this guy, of course, is the owner and proprietor of uh, goodorbad.com, so his Mount Rushmore has credibility. Jackson, your updated Mount Rushmore. Sopranos, The Wire, Breaking Bad, and Welcome to the Club, Succession. Wow! Oh. And who did Succession replace? Uh, Mad Men, I guess. Yeah, the, the fourth spot wasn't convincing. Like, nothing... The first three are so good that, like, something like Succession needed to happen because it's. I think it's on par with the three shows I named before. Huh. There's a Mount Rushmore. Band of Brothers didn't get on there. Uh, it's kind of a limited series. I mean, I guess Succession's only four seasons, but it's like almost 40 episodes. Because um, Band of Brothers was, what, only two seasons, right? I think it was 20 episodes. I don't maybe. think it was a season. It was just like a... Yeah, it's, no, it's it a limited series, so yeah. it's kind of tough. And, like, obviously, like, I love Curb and Seinfeld, but I'm talking, like, about, like, prestige TV dramas, essentially, even though, like, Soprano, Soprano all four of those shows are kind of funny, especially Succession. Um, but yeah, those are, those are my four, three of those are HBO shows. It was a Brian Cox, uh, collage I saw on either Twitter, or Instagram, just all the times he said F off. Probably about 800. Huh. I would put Deadwood in there, but it was only three seasons and I didn't like the way it ended because. Doug, would you put Deadwood in there? I haven't seen it. It's supposed to be two more seasons. That's why it ended like, you know no finality because they thought they had two more seasons to go and then they canceled it after three. I haven't seen most of these shows. Rarely do the great shows get canceled. It's just money. It's, HBO has a tendency to roam. Another one only went two years um, and they canceled that because it was costing too much money to make it. Yeah, if it doesn't bump, HBO is not really looking to extend it. It's got to really hit the masses. But, I mean, their track record is proof that it works because like you if you name like the top 10 tv shows of all time i bet half of them are hbo shows because the wire sopranos and succession at least would be on there a couple more probably at least it a deadwood movie to kind of tie it all up it, it does seem like there's better stuff on tv than there is at the movie theaters oh, absolutely because you can get more in depth you can create more characters it's better it's a better just the subject matter the moment. to me is more interesting i saw like the the top Four of the top five movies right now are all 
comic book superhero yeah. type stuff. If you can't put them in a cape and you can't make sequels, it doesn't make the big screen. Yeah, I'm just not interested in that. I always wonder why, and Jackson may know this because he's follows his stuff. A TV show, which, you know, is an hour-long show. Let's just say it's an hour-long episode. Just take Sopranos, for instance. Mm-hmm. It's an hour episode. Sure. They can knock out, you know, two or three episodes in a week. Who but can? You think they can make two or three in a week? Two I or three episodes? No, no, no way. No, no way. Maybe one episode every two weeks. Bill, Bill, Bill. Because, I mean, like, a na- like, I've listened to podcasts and stuff, and, like, so a page is about a minute of the show, one page of the script, depending on how dense the dialogue is. Yeah. And, like, an eight-page day is a really long day. So that's eight minutes of an hour-long show. Yeah. You're talking soap operas, Ziggy, where they can crank them out. Yeah, soap operas, yes, they can, but that's because they don't necessarily do a bunch of takes. Yeah. TV shows, especially now, where they're filmed with budgets and cameras like movies, like Game of Thrones is a movie, an hour-long movie every week. They take their time. Big, yeah. big, big budgets. But my question was, uh, it, it doesn't take as long to do an hour episode of a, a couple of episodes. There should be two hours, but some movies that are an hour and a half take seven months to make. I mean, Why TV shows can be filming for a really long time. Really long time. I guess it depends on the move, where you're going. If you got to pick up and go to different locations and different cities or yeah, countries. Yeah, if it's like a more of like a, like if it was a courtroom drama where you're really only in two or three locations, that's one thing. But like Game of Thrones, who's all across the world doing these intricate shots, yeah, it takes a while. No, I think in the end... Handmaid's Tale might take my number oh. one spot. Yeah, I got through two episodes of that thing. And... Well, what's your Mount Rushmore? Handmaid's Tale's number one in your Mount Rushmore? It's not yet, but it still has a final season to go, which I think comes out in November. Um, but it's certainly Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad. Don't don't give us I'm that. I like that. I like that. Because you know he's in the tank. You know I'm he's in the tank. Put you Handmaid's watch. Tale, Mad Men. With the wire having a uh, a nod there at the the five spot, handmade tell don't play. It don't play at all. Love it. I'm waiting till season eight, but I'm very close to putting Outlander in my top four. <laughs> what? <laughs> that would be a. How about that telenovela you watched for a year and a half? No. Or so? And now it's a new season. They brought it back, and I. What was that called again? Uh, Senior Cialis. Senior Cialis. That's right. Hmm. They still Lord, shoot Lord everything on. Are they shooting much on film, or is it all videotape? Succession's that, all film. It is. Mm-hmm. Tarantino only shoots in thirty-five millimeter film. I don't, as I don't well. get that because you can make, you can make video look no. like film. <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry. I I should have made that distinction. Jesse Armstrong makes Succession, and they shoot on film. But Tarantino also only uses film, and then and like other people use a combination. But I don't know. They like the style better. Yeah. With all the filters and editing tricks you can do, you can make video look like film. Sure. Yeah, it's harder for the editor. A fraction of the price. Wouldn't the editor have more work if it's on film? Don't you have to splice a lot? Yes. Yes. Be much more work. Some people like to do it old school. I mean, Succession looks incredible. Like, when you look at it, when you watch it, you're like, wow, this looks unbelievable. I don't know if they could achieve the same thing on digital. I worked with film in my early days of TV news, and... God, that was it was horrendous. You have to cut it and then put a piece of tape over it, and and, and then yeah, scrape off the emulsion mm. and then glue it together and yeah. then wait five seconds and then oh, geez, I ripped it in the wrong place. Gone forever, destroyed forever. Jeez. That was 
state of the art at the time. You just thought. Did you have to do that in Miami or was that Minnesota? No, that's Minnesota. Oof. Yeah, by Miami, it was everyone was shooting videotape. Once videotape came on, he said, wow, this is. Did you come down to Miami and say you guys ought to get back to B roll? I did not. No, no. They seemed to know that, (laughs) yeah, forget that. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Uh, they know about audio, auto accessories with Tommy Sabolka and VIP Auto Accessories. Design, production, installation, that's what they do. VIP gets your fleet vehicles from dealership to street ready fast and personalized for your company's needs. They know that every day your vehicle isn't street ready. It's lost revenue. Fleet vehicles, signage, graphics, and design. VIP does it all in-house for your business. They're all local since 1979. Once employees start working there, they don't stop. They have people employed for 36, 42, and 43 years. And the company is only 43 years old. VIP is part of the TMA ecosystem. They work with Design Air Heating and Cooling in Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota, among others. It's VIP Auto Accessories. Contact the great Tommy Sabolka and VIP Auto Accessories. Tommy wants you to reach out to him directly, as a matter of fact. He does? Yeah, he does. You can uh, call him. And the number to call Tommy is 314-428-3900. Or you can email him at tommy.cib. U-L-K-A at VIP Auto Accessories. That's Tommy Sabolka in VIP Auto Accessories. Doug, you know something about Ryan Kelly and the home loan expert? Right. He's there uh, to help you buy a home. We're getting into the peak home buying season right now. Houses are starting to pop up, but still inventory is very low, so you got to be ready to strike if that house that you want hits the market. If you're thinking of buying a home this year, the process not as complicated as you think with the home loan expert. They make the pre-approval process so very easy. So get pre-approved today, the day you call in, and they will also provide a lower rate with a 10-day closing guarantee. You have to act quickly. Homes are going to start hitting the market, and they are selling very quickly. If you have any questions, give the home loan expert and his team a call. They'll find a solution for you. They've got all kinds of options. Lenders have different rates now, so you got to do some rate shopping. The home loan expert has rates and service that simply cannot be touched. Or if you're looking to refinance, they can take care of you there, too. I refinanced twice with Ryan Kelly. He is the best. The average person now getting money out of a refinance, a cash-out refinance, the average person is getting over $54,000 in cash that you can use to pay off credit card interest rates or whatever whatever use you might have of $54,000. Couldn't we all use that? Well, yes, I could. I don't need to refinance right now, but a lot of people do. And this is where you would go. You'd go to the Home Loan Expert, Ryan Kelly's website, thehomeloanexpert.com. Thank you, Ryan Kelly. Thank you, Sir Mortgage. Going to enjoy some barbecue this weekend? Get your barbecue sauce from Andrea's. You can get it at Schnucks, Deerberg's, or Andrea's.com. I I only have half a bottle left, and and my wife just got uh, three bottles of that stuff two weeks ago. I'm going through it that quickly. I love it, though. They're uh, in most of the grocery stores now. They are. Schnucks, yeah. Deerbergs, and, of course, Andreas.com. You can go to Andreas Steakhouse, get Andreas Steak Sauce. It's Andreas. Max, Rebecca, and the wonderful people there will take great care of you in our audience. And if you're not going to the steakhouse, make sure you get their steak sauce or their barbecue sauce. It is Andreas. Phenomenal. Iggy, when's the last time you've been there? i got to get over there. I keep saying it. i got to get over there. That's what i got to do. Um... I think beginning of spring, me and Chrissy Blake went over there for dinner. A nice big primer or a nice big ribeye. How was it? How? 
so big that I had lunch oh. and dinner the next day. <clears throat> as big oh. as your head, didn't you say? Big as my head. Yeah. Big as your head. Ooh. Oh, that was the cattle's cut. Appetizers or salads, desserts, just a great atmosphere. I've got like a seven and seven eight size hat. Is that right? That is it's, large. It's huge. Big old dome. And you're telling me you had a pork chop the size hmm. of my head? Ribeye. Ribeye the size of my dome. Yeah. Well, it doesn't take much to fill me up anyway, but... Fill him up. You know, I had like a third of it, and I said, I'm done. I got to take the rest home for tomorrow. Yeah. And it's good. Just slice it up the next day on some nice French bread. Boy, it'd be great to just need a couple bites of food and say, yeah, that's enough. I'm done. I had. That's why you have so much salmon. I had one piece of salmon last night with some uh, spinach, and I was full. Hmm. See, I could have eaten every piece you had there. Well, that's all in the icebox. It's in the icebox right there. <laughs> Refrigerator. It's not. A, it's no longer an icebox. Who lies more about their social network? Francesa with celebrities, Iggy with C-list celebrities I've never heard of, or the Amazon delivery guy who calls into your show and acts like he spends his time rubbing elbows with the DeWitts at St. Louis <laughs> Country Club. <laughs> Mr. Licks drives an Amazon truck? Well, you know, that's not a bad job. No, it's like we 25 heard him bucks an hour. We backing up, and he got the Chick-fil-A <laughs> breakfast. I wouldn't mind a job like that. You're out and about. You're... You can listen to the show all the time. Yeah, listen to whatever you wanted to listen to. Yeah, that wouldn't be horrible. Bro, we order 75-pound bags of dog food, and the ROA dogs have three separate ones. Dude. He's got to carry that up to you? They have up? to carry that, mm. yeah. So I, I, I would 70-pound bag? It's like yeah. a bag of cement. Oh, it's they're big. I had a buddy do it for like a seasonal deal. Yeah, how do you like it? He said it was, you know, really easy, kind of relaxing. You know, you just got to keep up pace, but yeah. as long as you get done, you can kind of work on your own time. So it wasn't bad at all. My favorite job as a kid was working for Woodard Rug and Drapery Cleaners, where I would deliver the rugs back to people that brought them in to have them cleaned. We go, well, they didn't bring them in. We went, got them, and then returned them as a delivery guy. That was like the favorite summer job I had. I used, to, I used to clean carpets. That's not as fun. No. Well, I was like the uh, apprentice. At Woodard? No. My mom worked at Woodard, I think. Um, she worked in the office. But yeah, I was like the apprentice. There were two guys that go to, to go to every house. One guy got to clean the carpets. Yeah. And I had to walk around with, like, the brush and get the corners. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And he, he made all the money because you got to use your own car. So he had his own oh. car. I mean, he was getting, like, 80% of it. And I got, like, 20 yeah, some of the guys clean like the wall-to-wall carpets that you can't bring in. But I was on a team that went and got the, you know, the throw rugs and the Oriental rugs. And that was a fun job, just being a delivery guy. Yeah, and then I sold windows for Cooper. I was, like, sitting in an office calling people. Oh. Hey, we got a special going on this week in your neighborhood. They say, no, not interested. And I would write down yes. Say, ah, he got 15 orders today, and those guys would show up. We didn't want it. Oh, why would you do that to your fellow workers? Yeah, because we got paid for every order. It lasted about a month, and I figured I was just lying, faking all these things. I got fired. Gosh. But there was a. It was. It was like it was on Brown Boulevard, and it was in a house. It was like a two two story house, and the phones were up on the top floor. You go down the bottom floor. It's like a. It's like a living room. Um, but you know, I would take a break, and go into the the other room where they had like coffee and stuff, and there was another house right across the street. Like cross, maybe thirty feet away. I mean, these girls have their windows open. They're always it's two girls that make out. Oh come on! First time I saw lesbianism. They, they, mm. No, I don't believe that. Yeah, I was Lady Chatterley's lover. I'd be pouring a cup of coffee and I'd look over and they're in the living room just making. That's out. That's right. That's right. I they don't weren't know. naked or anything, but they were just making out. First time I saw lesbianism. 
This is why you work for Cooper Windows. Yeah, Brown Boulevard. One could easily argue there are adults who like breasts more than babies. <laughs> <laughs> Come Doug, on. we uh, told you mm. that a takesmith is leaving the takesmithing industry. Oh, Shannon Sharp is leaving his partnership with Skip Bayless. Why would he do that? Enough. Uh, Sharp and Fox Sports, the parent company of FS1, which airs undisputed, have reached a buyout agreement, sources have told the New York Post. Sharp's final show is expected to be after the 2023 NBA Finals. Uh, his uh, popular podcast, Doug, it's called Club Shay Shay. Do you ever listen to Club no, Shay Shay? No, I don't. Jackson, do you listen to Club Shay Shay? No, but I'm a big fan of Uncle Shay. Now, when you say popular, what do you mean by that? I just read what's in the teleprompter. <laughs> you like trying to take a shot? Yeah, I've never heard of Club Shay Shay. <laughs> well, to be fair, just because you haven't heard of it doesn't mean it's not popular. Well, I'm pretty uh, clear with the popular ones. Yeah, you're pretty plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there has been uh, tension between the two over Skip Bayless's tweet about Damar Hamlin. Uh, the tweet was, no doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game. But how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. Uh, Shannon Sharp did not come into work the next morning after that tweet. Because of oh, that tweet? Yeah, I forgot about that. What was so bad about the tweet? That they shouldn't have canceled a game because the guy died on the field? He didn't die. Well, they brought him back to life. When he returned a day later, he said that he had wished Bayless would take the tweet down, while Bayless said he would not take it down. He stood by it. The two then had a disagreement on whether the FSM, FS1 bosses wanted Bayless to offer an explanation for the tweet. At the time, there were a number of armchair observers, including former FS1 host Marcellus Wiley, who predicted the duo were headed for a breakup. Uh, and then uh, Sharp said, I cannot even get through a monologue without you interrupting me, Sharp said. And uh, this is primal. This is two alphas fighting for territory, Wiley said on Instagram. This is about power because that dynamic of power on that show has shifted, whether it's real or imagined. Right now, we've all seen that battle for it. Let's see who comes out of Undisputed. Doug, that's Marcellus oh, Wiley's hey. Instagram about Stephen A. Smith. In Skip Bayless. Well, Sharp looks like... Shannon Sharp, I apologize. Sharp looks like a nice guy. And Bayless just looks like a pompous ass. What Skip oh. Bayless talked about and did to Shannon Sharp and poo-pooed his career... Remember that segment, Jackson? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, that, Tom Brady. His yeah, playing career? That, to me, was the end of the relationship. Shannon seems legitimately upset. Yeah, Shannon was absolutely, like, wanting to... Get, like, if they were at a bar, Shannon Sharp would have beat the hell out of Skip Bayless. How could but somebody who TV. never played anything... Poo-poo the career of somebody exactly. who was a star. I, I mean, it was, it was a slap in the face. just blew up the entire sports talk radio industry. <laughs> yeah, it was a slap in the face style comment, I remember. But that That's when I thought it started to unravel. Well, I don't know how this guy became so popular. I mean, he was just a basic writer for the Dallas Morning News, and now he's worth $20 million a year to do this crap he does. Takesmith. 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 People must watch. He, for, he forges takes. They, they must watch. They don't pay uh, if if there's no audience. That's right, that's right. I don't understand the appeal either. I don't even that type of show. I don't. I can't imagine just sitting I down just and watching don't know that how show. Fox Sports it's kind of like kind of money. They were actually carrying bowling for a period of time. It sounds like a, a radio show. You know, you could see that on the radio. Two right. guys arguing sports all day, but to sit down and watch that on TV, I, there's so much better things to see on TV than that. And the ratings for those shows are so funny because the ratings don't matter because. If you, any car dealership, doctor's office, dentist office, any, like, manufacturing shop that has bar a TV, grill. a bar and grill, any restaurant, 
they just have ESPN on all day. Like that, that, so the ratings and all that are just so ridiculous. Cause that's a show that's on TV that nobody watches or listens to for the most part. Like that's what the show caters to. It's just white noise, like it's just basically just something on a screen. Guys, what is it about the industry of sports talk that makes you want to just throw down with your co-host? <laughs> I've been in finance for 15 years and have never uh, almost fought a coworker. Must be the high stakes and big money. Thanks. Mm-hmm. That's from Mario, and he's in Chicago at the moment, Doug. He's one of the Pandolfos, and they're at war with the Henschels. We don't like our hot takes in question. We well, don't want anyone to disagree with us. And also, there's only so many times you could pee on the same bush. You know, kind of like we're marking territory, somewhere to, you know, two alphas like oh. Sharp and Bayless. There just seem to be a lot of disagreements, a lot of the reason fighting going on. In the, the reason we don't business. fight is we don't care. That's it. And I think that's the golden rule of radio. Our takes maybe aren't <laughs> scorching enough. Maybe we Why need we to ratchet up. The, yeah, I guess we, we'll have to. Well, we don't have somebody in here saying before the show starts how many times we have to disagree and yell at each other. Is that a thing? We should hire somebody. You think those are all non-scripted? They're fights? I don't know. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) That one was the most scripted one I've ever heard. They probably find things that they uh, disagree on and say, all right, we'll talk about this. And then as the discussion goes, they're they're good enough to ratchet it up and argue. And they'll also bring up a topic. And Shannon will go, well, I kind of like, you know, I think... He's the best. Well, I agree with you, but I'll go the other way just so we can argue. Probably so. I don't think they're in the meeting and Skip goes, okay, I'm going to absolutely railroad your career, your Hall of Fame career. <laughs> Why and would you're he going do that? to stand up and act like you're going to hit me. Some of that is Skip just being an ass. Maybe Bayless wanted him gone so he gets somebody in there he can control more. Remember when Jim Everett threw uh, Jim Rome off the stage? Yeah. Because <laughs> he kept calling him Chris. Yeah. Everett, right? Don't call me Chris. Okay, Chris. <laughs> and he got up and threw the table. And you won't him call off me Chris stage. again. We're almost like a little boy. I bet I do. (laughs) Now, think of this duo. What about Skip Bayless, you know, grooming a young takesmith, Dan Orlovsky? Could you imagine those two in the mornings having arguments over your cup of coffee? I think you need someone more notable to move the needle. I know I agree. I'm just saying that duo be... Michael Irvin likes the L a lot. Yeah. I couldn't see that. Who's the leading takesmith of our era right now? Ooh, nice question. I think Skip is like the George Washington. You know, he was kind of like he <laughs> seemed like Mount the, Rushmore again. The, the first, Mount Rushmore. the first flamethrower, <laughs> and then uh, I don't know. I don't know who would be like Stephen A. Another. <laughs> I guess I'm telling you, Doug. Two. Keep an eye on that Dan Orlowski. He will say Dude, anything. I never see him. Guy, Mad yeah. Dog. He's yeah, up there. Orlowski is like a soul seller. He will sell yeah. his soul for a take if yeah. he can get on a network. So like that dude is live. For it's a good read. Hawk. It's a good read. Who's the dude who just signed with ESPN for like 100 million? Well, I don't know. Left his own podcast. Oh, with Pat ESPN. McAfee. Oh, Pat McAfee. McAfee. But he's good. I, mean, he's not, he, I don't think he's necessarily a takesmith. I think uh, there's a difference with McAfee. He's more TMA does. than he is. Oh, he's so takesmith. Oh. I love his style. Kendrick Perkins is making a run for uh, first-year takesmith. <laughs> he's rookie of the year. Rookie take? of the year. Yeah. I hate to say it. He like he's like very similar to me to where like all of his takes 
are wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're all so grand. Like, he's, like, really changing the world with a take. Yeah, Mad Dog Russo got takes. Oh, boy. Oh, oh wow. he got to be in the Mount Rushmore. He has to be. He yells the entire show for the last 30 years. He's like the Bob Dylan of takesmiths. I guess locally, Kevin Slayton has been the leading takesmith. I would say he can't. Locally, will not be stopped. I don't yeah. think he would be topped in that. I don't know if there's takesmiths at 101. I don't know. Not really. I'm thinking. I mean, Randy's like an encyclopedia of knowledge. Mm-hmm. He's just so knowledgeable. Rocky will like to give takes, but I don't know what he does on takes air. With it. But not like on sports, necessarily. Yeah, true. Like Game on, of Thrones, he will, yeah. for sure. He's kind of more like me, where we're more worried about nonsense than anything yeah. else. Uh, yeah, he's no so consumed really. with the, the tuba and the sousaphone. <laughs> the horn section. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the Pat McAfee uh, deal, uh, Doug. Uh, but Marshawn wrote about this now? So he's making it's a five-year, eighty-five million-dollar deal. See that? Didn't Gosh. he? Wasn't he making more? Right, now again, these numbers, Tim, as you know, are solid facts. Sure, absolutely, that comes because out because anybody who signs a contract submits it to the newspaper. I thought he was uh, making thirty million a year doing. So regarding that, in the article, it says among the network's roster of on-air personalities, only Monday Night Football's Troy Aikman will take home a higher salary than Pat McAfee. Still, the dollar amount McAfee is getting from ESPN, which is seventeen million a year represents a noticeable pay cut from the $30 million annually made at FanDuel. He agreed to a four-year, $120 million deal there in December of 21, so only 18 months ago, only to abandon ship a year and a half later. Taken at face value, McAfee's decision to leave FanDuel for greener pastures at ESPN is puzzling, bordering on inexplicable. It seems to leave significant money on the table while also sacrificing much of his creative freedom including the ability to curse freely without fear of repercussion. However, McAfee, despite his uniform of tank tops and gold chains, has always been a shrewd businessman who sees the whole picture, and that suggests there is a method to the 36-year-old's madness. Not only does ESPN offer McAfee a larger platform to grow his audience, but it'll also have available to him a near-infinite well of behind-the-scenes resources. That's a stark contrast from FanDuel, where McAfee was fronting most of the production costs himself. Apparently, that was an important sticking point for McAfee, who was already stretched thin by his responsibilities as a new father. Even if McAfee's bottom line isn't as fat as the fortune he was making at FanDuel, he's extremely well compensated, and he's a rising star with potential to emerge alongside Stephen A. Smith as the most prominent voices at ESPN. There you go. God, that's an awful lot of money to sit there and spit sports takes. And I bet you he's probably thinking the ratings that first year will be huge. And ESPN does have the ability to pay takes miss 20 to 30 million a year. Yeah, I mean, at the same t- time, firing thousands of other employees. Well, you ignore that, Doug, because you got to give the takes miss some money. But I think maybe he is playing long game. And I, I get the production. Like it, but wouldn't it be still cheaper to hire four or five people and outsource your production and do? Have, you well, know, I mean, are you interested in growing a business? Or are you interested in breaking even? If you're interested in breaking an even, start up a charity. If you want profit, you bring in people who generate revenue, and that's the way it is. It might sound harsh, yeah. but unless you're into socialism, we're out here to make money, and that's the game. So either generate revenue or go home and broker your time, ho. Oh, but ESPN <laughs> doesn't have a lot. I mean, they do have behind the scenes people that can help them, but. Is he going to have guest appearances? Nobody on ESPN moved the needle for me anymore. I'm sorry. And Troy Aikman being the highest ESPN paid employee is so odd. That would not be my first five guests. Would be Troy Aikman would be no the high. Like that's so weird. But I, I don't Especially know. Especially because people are going to watch the game whether he's on it or not. 
if it's the game you want to see, Correct. Who, whoever turns on and says, oh, Troy Aikman's on another game. I'm not interested in the game, but because he's on there, I'll watch. The game's more enjoyable with a great announcer, an announcing team. We yeah. can all agree with that. But I haven't turned off a game because the announcing has been so bad. No. I, I can't remember at least. Maybe I have. But that's no. never been my issue. Like, that was a surprising thing because Aikman was going to go to Amazon and partner with Al Michaels. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere, uh, ESPN got in the game with the goal of making Monday Night Football a big thing again because it had really fallen by the wayside, and Sunday Night Football has become the big thing, and Monday Night Football was getting the second-tier games. So they allocated those dollars. Aikman wanted to work with Joe Buck, and uh, and so Joe, whose deal was up in a year, got, you know, I don't know if he... I don't know what his exact feelings were, but now he is making, I believe, more money and not having to call baseball. I think some people thought he would want to call baseball. He only called one football game. Wasn't he doing Thursday and Sunday? There were times where they were doing Thursday and Sunday and baseball. And so what I think, but I understand some, you know, people who might be in a spot where they're going, well, you, you work wherever you get the most money. And I get that because oftentimes people need to work wherever they get the most money because they are living paycheck to paycheck or they have expenses. But if you get to a point like Pat McAfee and it's $30 million, but you're working your ass off and you just started a family and you are exposed because you are fronting the production cost and you're running everything, uh, you go, okay, well, I can make $17.5 million and I don't have to worry about anything outside of doing my show. I understand where he's coming from on that. And the thought process is he can then continue to grow it. So my guess is he is licensing the product that he still owns to ESPN to monetize it. But he now no longer has the overhead worries and has to worry about the staffing, which I think is what has gone on there. So, yeah, I mean, you're leaving a bunch of money on the table. I mean, God, I guess, I mean, the math would be somewhere 30 to $40 million. That's... I don't care who you are. It's a huge amount of money. Very few people in the world would would uh, dismiss that. But uh, if it was getting to the point that it was driving him crazy, then, you know, you take life over dollars. So once you have enough money, that's kind of the decision that, that he makes. Uh, so I think that's I think that's what it's about. But I understand somebody on the outside looking going, oh, well, you're making 30, 30 million a year and now you're making 17 and a half million a year. How in the hell are you doing that? Yeah. Probably doesn't change your lifestyle very much. And that's it. <laughs> You've probably got millions in the bank, got more than you'll ever spend for the, a lifetime already, so why not enjoy yourself more? Except he's got to spend every day in Bristol, <clears throat> unless he's doing a show from somewhere else. I don't think he's doing it in Bristol, is he? I would bet he was doing, doing it in the same studio he's been doing. Isn't he in Indianapolis? That's what I thought. I don't think they would make him. Uh, he built something he calls the Terror Dome, I think, the, to do the show. I'm guessing he paid for it, and I think it's on his property. Oh, that's nice. Dan Patrick did that. Didn't he build a studio in his, like, yeah. like the house the town or yeah. something he lived in? Uh-huh. Or, yeah. I think he lives in Connecticut somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, he's based in uh, Lawrence, Indiana. All the guys I work with listen to McAfee. I tried to tell them they might like TMA. They gave you guys a listen when the plowboy was talking about shaving his unit on OnlyFans. Now they're spreading rumors about me around the office, and they're openly avoiding me. Yeah, I don't doubt yeah, it. I think that's from Sister Patricia. I don't you got to be that. in a safe place and really know the people you're recommending. Look in the mirrors, yeah. Sister Catherine. This is your principal. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, when, he, when Pat McAfee was playing, he was 5'11", 255. That's a bulky punter. That's a massive human. That's fat. Yeah. That's not fat. That's muscle. What position did he play? Punter. 
punter, yeah. Doug, Pat McAfee's based in India, and that's where he's going to stay. Okay, it's a chunk apparently. Of the chunk. Yeah, I'm sure he's, he's well, good friends with Cameras Henshin. are so good. Technology is so good. You can't tell where they are. They look like they're right next door to the person he they're talking to. He sits in a press box with Henshin during Colts games. I don't he think He sits so. next to Henshin? He bought an old church and then turned it into a studio. No, that's cool. See in the forest through the trees, he can keep his ESPN thing going forever. DraftKings and FanDuel are burning through cash for market share. Uh, That balloon is going to pop. That is from Larry Thornton. Um, I think the other reason you guys haven't fought yet is that you have an average weight of 123 pounds and your fourth producer is old enough to be considered a hate crime if you hit him. <laughs> That's from Mario in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I'm he's a, in the finances. That was a nice take I'm the there. fourth producer. So me, Plowsy, Jackson, who else is here? I guess KG and O-Town's moved ahead of you in the death yeah, chart, well, according to Mario. So if anyone were to strike you, it would be considered a hate crime. <laughs> what is the average weight of this show? Uh-huh. I don't even know who the heaviest person. I guess it had to be between Doug and Jackson, but not because of BMI, but just because of height. Yeah. I'm down to... It's a a light show. We're live. (laughs) Yeah. When I I find it, the weight so interesting. I I step on the scale all the time now because I'm really watching my weight. When I went to bed last night, Mm, mm. I was 177.3. Jackson, what are you right now? Buck 83. All right. And then when I got up this morning, without going to the bathroom, without eating anything, I was 172 and a half. I lost, a almost, half? I lost almost five pounds sleeping. Oh, you are live. Where does the weight go? Did you poop the bed or something? I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't eat anything. I didn't go to the bathroom and lost almost Is five pounds. Is your scale pounds. a little questionable? No. Really? It's a new scale. I just Bizarre. wonder, where does the weight go when you burn? I know you burn some calories sleeping, but where does it go? You are your lightest the first moment you wake up because it's also your mo- your most dehydrated point of the day. Mm. You haven't been drinking anything for the last seven or eight hours. No, but I didn't I didn't lose any of that sleeping. Maybe you don't know that you did. What, that. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> Secret, so Secret secretions. Maybe that's, oh. maybe, that's CPAC. maybe that's CPAC burns weight. CPAC. I don't know. CPAC. That's life-saving oxygen. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you have it on vacuum mode and it's pulling air out. Yeah, but it is it is interesting that over the course of the day, it might gain five or six, seven oh, pounds. Oh, yeah. Weight fluctuates like crazy. Yeah. But that's all like water weight. Like if you were just like stop drinking water for a day and then weigh yourself, you'd be surprised how yeah. you would get. Yeah, I don't want to do that. No, it's bad. Uh, KG and Oten says, if you count me, I will drive that weight average up. That's oh. from KG and Oten. He's a lot of muscle. Mm, muscle boy. And muscle weighs more than fat. Think so. about that. Yeah, it does. So how much are you weighing now? I guess we could figure out. 183. All right. Okay, let's, let's do that. I was buck 57 this morning. 183. Tight oh, buck 57. 183 plus a tight, how much? 157. One, tight, 157 though, thank you. 157 plus, I'll go like, I'm about 175. Nice. And plows here 115. <laughs> no, give me 116. Yeah, 116 8 this morning. 116. Yeah, how much are you? Yeah, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think we're probably about the same. 152. Oh, 152. 152 divided by, what was that, five, five of us? Five, yeah. Divided by five. This is a tiny show. Wow, it's really good. Our average weight is 661 pounds. That's Gosh cr- darn this calculator! <laughs> <laughs> what did I hit? <laughs> Son of a sack ass. Add it up and then divide it by five. That's what I did. And I got (laughs) 661.4. Boy, we're morbidly obese. Boy, we need triple XLs. (sighs)
Gosh. Hit, hit the gym. No, it couldn't be that easy. <laughs> Nothing works. So, someone's going to, like, text in the answer, and it's going to piss us off. I'm guessing it'd be, like, 160-something. Hold on, I'm doing it. 160-something. What was the uh, total weight? Start over. 156.4 is our average weight. 156.4. Oh, my God. That's pretty light. There's now, not a radio show in really town. Us down. Not a radio show in town that could match there that. There is no way. Mm-mm. Yeah, Plowsy brought that way down. His 115. Okay, guys, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else want to say it? Doug, do you want to say it real quick? Mm, you brought the weight way down. Way down. <laughs> we have two 150s, a 70 and 80, and then Plowsy, a 115, yeah. brought that all. Not uh, real macho. 116, but who's not me. Guys, the funny thing is, what's the average weight of your listener? Oh, 285. Twice that. 285. It's double. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, you can uh, go to Glenn Betts Jewelers. Uh, they've been in business for St. Louis since 1941, and they're now operated by the third and fourth generation of the Betts family. The Glenn Betts difference is you are served personally. You are not sold. Glenn Betts Jewelers develops relationships through generations of your family, too. They get to know your likes, lifestyle, and who and what you love. The three L's. It's GlennBetsJewelers.com. G-L-E-N-N-B-E-T-Z. Jewelers.com. Located one mile east of 270 on Manchester and De Pere. In the jewelry business, there is good, there is better, and then there is Betts. The Betts family passion for serving their customers has been passed down from generation to generation. If you are looking to improve your game, if you are heading toward the Elite Eight and the Jay Randolph Jr. Fan Page Club Championship, the move for you is to get to Family Golf and Learning Center. I got a chance to play that par three course for the very first time a couple of days ago, playing with my five-year-old son, and it was wonderful. That is a perfect place for young people to learn to play the game. Got, uh, I don't know, like 40-yard holes, but then also 125-yard holes. Doug, you got water on either side. Is that on six or seven? I don't know which hole it is. Either way, uh, you know, tight little shot. Fun little course. It is. I'll play that a bunch of times this summer. Family Golf and Learning Center, a premier golfing facility for all abilities and ages, provides a friendly and encouraging practice experience for the individual or the family. You want to get lessons? They have some great instructors there. Plus, they have the double-decker driving range, that short game area, putting green, and a place to enjoy lunch or dinner on the terrace of the Back Nine Bar and Grill. Host birthday parties, graduation parties, corporate events, and clinics all at Family Golf at FamilyGolfOnline.com. On the other side of the break, ladies and gentlemen, a huge announcement. What? The Milagro Tequila Listener of the Month oh. for the month of May. Well, maybe that's what Lerma was going to say at 9 o'clock on the KC show. Oh, yeah. She was going to announce our winner. Uh, and then at 9.45, we have the Design Air Heating and Cooling email today at 10 o'clock. Jackson and I celebrate our 17-month anniversary. Or is it 18-month? 17-month, you're right. 17, yeah. 17-month anniversary of Balloon Party. And we have an unbelievable show lined up. Jackson, what do we have? It's a gala. I mean, it really is. That means you got nothing, right? (laughs) got 10 at 10.15. Okay. Off day vibe. That's something. Off day vibe. John, I know the Cardinals and Royals played a classic three days ago. (laughs) Wanted to recap Monday's tilt. 7-0 your final. What'd you see? (laughs) All right, let's fast forward to Tuesday's 2-1 game. Royals in town. Fun lineup. What'd you see? Did they really just score two runs in those two games against Kansas City? Yeah, but look at Kansas City's pitching. Right. Cranky. Wow. And we're still in the race. Right in the middle of it all. (laughs) You know they're going to win it. You know they're going to win the division. The Cardinals? Yeah. Oh, I got, that reminds me. i got to see what the latest is on uh, Bovada because there might be better odds now. Do they have the worst record in the National League still? Well, there's no way to know, Tim. Nah, you're right. I apologize. Let me see if I can find I'm it. I'm going to look up at the odds here. Tick, 
tock, tick tock, tick tock. I'll see if they got the worst. How about the odds beating the odds? I think they've lost the most games. They're percentage points ahead of the Cubs. Yes. 25 and 32 are the Cardinals. They have a better record than the Rockies, huh? too. God, they're only plus 200 to win the Central. God, and the Nets. America. And they're in last place? Or no, they're, they're no, in second to last place? Second and the they're Cubs. plus 200 to win the Central. And what are they, four and a half out or five and a half? Five out. Five, five out. out. Yeah, that's nothing. That's Breathing a, down the Brewers neck. That's I mean, a good it's, week. Just, it's just not something that I... Even though, yeah, if you said you just pick somebody, don't even take odds, I'd pick the Cardinals. But two to one just doesn't necessarily give me much incentive. Uh, Doug, what do you think their World Series odds are? To win the World Series. Oh. Plus, plus 1,800. Plus uh, 3,000. Plus 3,000. Is that what it is? Are you betting it? Yeah. You are. Plus 3,000. The yeah. Braves are the favorite, plus 550, along with the Dodgers, plus 550. The Rays are plus 600. You could see the Cardinals winning the division. You could not see them winning the World Series. I would agree, but then this clip will be played on Swope's picks of the Cardinals oh. winning the 2023 World Series. Yeah, could be. Because that's I could have pictured them winning the World Series in 2006. Because I badmouthed the Reds. They got hot. Yeah, that's They've exactly won like right. five in a row. And just three games out. Name your World Series rotation. You got Michaelis. Michaelis pitches every game. Yeah. Michaelis. Montgomery's been a little rough lately. Wainwright will get in there. Yeah, he's only had a 70 ERA, so that's <laughs> I know, wrong. but he'll get in there. Uh, guys, I just posted on the fan page to have everybody post their weight. I'll figure out the average this evening. Thanks. That's Chairman Stephen Wilder. Oh, okay. All of them add another 25 pounds. You know they're going to go skimpy. I'm alarmed by the average weight of this radio program. All right, less than 160 pounds. <laughs> uh, we're just, it's Twink Central in here. And if we took and Plowhawk I wanted us to out, be in the home run derby. Yeah. If we took Plowhawk out, it'd be 167 and a half. So that, that's again, still twink-ish. No, that's still twink. It's not like I'm carrying, you know, from no. 200 to 150. It's a 10 pound difference. Well, each of us is a slave to fitness. Yeah, we're cute boys. I ran a yeah. seven minute mile. You did. That's true, man. Uh, Ken Rosenthal, Ken Rosenthal said the Cardinals will win the division by 10 games. <laughs> that's from Josh Bob Bill, who shares a building with Keisha Gray and maybe Greg Vaughn. Wow, I didn't know that he had said that. I know that he, I know both he and Buster Olney said the Cardinals are still the team to beat in the Central, but beat, winning so. it by 10 games. They so we're going to have like have a 75% winning percentage? I just don't know. I mean, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're, if they are lurking, wow. I would imagine they will trade one or two of the current players on the Major League roster for a starting pitcher of note. Yeah. We Something to keep an eye on, by the way, is it's not just the the butt ass of the American League West which is phenomenal i mean that is it's record setting what's going on in Oakland it's what's going on in San Diego and not just because it's stunning to see that team 5 games under 500 with the lineup they have but they do have some damn good names in that starting rotation some of whom are free agents after the year and then you sit there and go i wonder if the padres who are still considered to be a, a legitimate favorite to win the World Series, despite being in fourth place. I mean, the Padres' World Series odds are plus 1,600. That's 50% better than the Cardinals. But they do have some damn good arms in that rotation. I don't know why they're not winning. I have no idea. I haven't watched enough of the San Diego Padres. But would the Padres be a team that would sell, especially considering they were the one franchise that uh, Bailey's did not pay this past Tuesday? <laughs> yeah. So now the games, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, speaking of which, quite an exchange yesterday in which Rob Manfred accused the CEO of Bally's of blackmailing him in his office, and that was under oath. We'll have that for you coming up next, along with the design, air, heating, and cooling email of the day. This is the Ryan Kelly Morning Amp.